0: inspiring and equipping you to live the life you're destined to live. This is The Ascend Men Podcast. Welcome back. This is the second episode in our forgiveness and reconciliation season. Imagine studying the psychology of forgiveness for a decade, only to put that theory into practice in your own life by forgiving a burglar whom brutally murders your mother. And then a few years later, learning how to forgive yourself when your brother commits suicide and you feel implicated in that tragedy. As Commonwealth Professor Emeritus at Virginia Commonwealth University, United States, Everett Worthington isn't just one of the world's leading authorities on forgiveness, he has walked the walk. And some key steps of that forgiveness walk were taken on the streets of cambridge so he knows this city well his mission is to help people forgive whether they be individuals couples and families even communities and countries welcome everett to the ascend podcast
1: yeah i'm really excited to be here with you
0: alan it's uh, it's great to have somebody from a different continent um and thank you for giving us some of your valuable time today Everett. so we like to get to our guests by asking them a quick fire question or sometimes more but we'll just stick to one this time given that we're going to be talking about forgiveness today i wonder did you ever forget your wedding anniversary
1: (laughs) ah well that's a good question i i would say uh we celebrate our anniversary all the time. And so, you know, how could I possibly forget that? Kirby and I have been married 53 years. And uh, uh, I think that on the formal date, it's taken me more than six o'clock in the morning to remember it, but I usually get there.
0: Well, six o'clock in the morning, you know, that's still that's still giving you 18 hours of the day left to uh, to celebrate. So that's pretty good. Um, so let, let's start this conversation with a really fundamental question why is it important to forgive?
1: I think there are a lot of reasons to forgive. Uh, one reason is that I actually might benefit the other person by uh you know kind of giving them a certain amount of freedom uh, whether I whether I convey that to them or not, I believe that they they can uh, sense that freedom uh, but there are many uh, documented, benefits to forgiving. And uh, I would say there are mental health benefits in terms of reducing rumination, which will cut down on anxiety, depression, increase people's flourishing, their hope. Uh, So there are mental health benefits, but there are also physical health benefits and relational benefits often and spiritual benefits so many reasons to forgive mostly I think for us but also we can benefit the person that we're forgiving.
0: Mm. And you you mentioned rumination and that's a that's a key part of your kind of methodology and having read your book I know a little bit about that so um, I'm wondering could you give us a two-minute summary of the work that you've done that's helped people forgive?
1: Well Pretty much, I have no impulse control when it comes to research. And so I've developed a theory that's called a stress and coping theory of forgiveness that sees forgiveness as being a coping mechanism that we have when we experience an injustice, perceive that to be a threat and uh, and an injustice, Experience a stress response, which is unforgiven, unforgiveness. And then we try to cope with that. So there's a lot of basic research that goes into that, including a lot of health research that goes into it. But I've also developed a method to help people forgive called Reach Forgiveness, um, because the central part of that method. Uh, involves a way of reaching emotional forgiveness using the uh, acronym REACH. R E A C H. So each of those letters stands for a step in that process.
0: And quickly, those steps are.
1: The steps are: R, recall the hurt, but do so in a way that doesn't just rehearse how what a jerk this person has been to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rather, I try to experience a positive emotion that will neutralize some of the negative emotions. So uh, empathy is one that many people can get into, but sometimes people can't. So sympathy or compassion or even love, especially if this is a romantic relationship and my partner has hurt me. Mm -hmm. Uh, those emotions, those positive emotions can neutralize the negative emotions. So R, recall the hurt, E, empathize, Mm -hmm. A, give an altruistic gift. That is a a gift that is just out of the goodness of my heart. Person doesn't deserve to be forgiven, but I give that gift. Mm. And then I commit, C, commit to the forgiveness that I've experienced so that H, I will hold on to that forgiveness when I doubt, mm. recall the hurt, empathize, altruistic gift, commit, and hold
0: on. And we'll put that acronym into the show notes along with some other information on the work that Everett's done. So if you're starting to get intrigued uh, by any of that, please check out the show notes of this this episode. So I'm curious, it's, it's a very thorough methodology. It's um, it's It's got great depth to it. There's, there's chapters of a book about some of those steps. But would you use that for everyday minor things? You know, for example, if I say something harsh to my wife, Joe, I can see that she's hurt. Do I have to kind of mentally go through each of those steps or can I just do a quick sorry?
1: Well, so, you know, forgiveness has two parts. You know, one part is the person who has been hurt and that person usually will be the one forgiving the other person may be seeking forgiveness. And so if you hurt your wife, you should be seeking forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it's a really minor thing, usually we just go, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And the other person is like, no problema. And uh, it's over. But if mm-hmm. it's a little more serious, then I might want to be a little more thorough with my apology with my, uh, you know, account of my behavior is what it's it's actually called. So, Mm. you know, I might want to confess what I've done without excuse, uh, you know, offer an apology, note that I've hurt the person, how I've hurt them, Mm.
0: you
1: know, uh, and then uh, kind of make amends or offer to make amends. And then, you know, promise, I'm going to try not to ever do this again. And then
0: Mm.
1: say, do you think you could forgive me for this? Mm-hmm. And then hopefully the other person, if it's a relatively, uh, um, you know, a relatively serious, but not super serious, the other person can come to forgiveness. They might even tell you, which is something different, mm. you know, but hopefully they can get to the place where they forgive.
0: And, and you mentioned um, committing to not doing it again. But un- unfortunately, some of us are on the receiving end of people who do seem to do it again. Either the same thing or something different. Um, now, Jesus is recorded in the Bible as saying we should forgive 490 times. You, you can see the maths in Matthew eighteen twenty one. those who are interested. Is there such a thing as forgiveness, fatigue? If the person keeps doing the same thing to you, how do you find the resources to keep forgiving?
1: So the way that we understand forgiveness is that there are two types of forgiveness. One is to make a decision about how I intend to treat the person from now on. I'm going to treat that person as a valued and valuable person, someone created in God's image and therefore worthy of forgiveness. Now, I can make that decision 490 times or a thousand times or even a million times if I have to. I would hope I wouldn't have to that many times, but I can. My emotions and pretty much everybody's emotions are pretty unruly, though. And so if someone hurts me one time, I might be able to get to zero and just kind of mellow out. Two times, if I am really a good forgiver, yes. Three times, we're going to talk about this. 490 times not today you know that that is just probably not going to happen so that second type of emotion is called emotional forgiveness and that's replacing those negative unforgiving emotions with positive emotions toward the person that is something i don't believe scripture calls us to uh be required to do is to get our emotions adjusted uh Because I think it's just physically impossible to do. And God doesn't, you know, command us to jump over 20 high fences. But I can make a decision to treat this person as a valuable person. And and that, I believe, as Christians, we're really called to do.
0: Hmm. So as Christians, a key phrase there. So not everybody who's listening might have a faith, may not be forgiving as a Christian. So let, let me ask you this one. Is it possible to give or accept forgiveness fully outside a faith?
1: Yes. I. The first book that I wrote was called To Forgive is Human. And, you know, in in the way that we all can think, And we all can reason and we all can uh, just do many things because we're human. Forgiveness is one of those things. So I believe anyone can forgive. It's a choice that we have and, uh, and we can exercise
0: that choice. And forgiveness and reconciliation... Seem to go hand in hand, but they they are subtly different. Um, and I guess my question is: Are they mutually dependent? In other words, do we need to forgive to be reconciled to somebody, or can you forgive but not be reconciled to somebody?
1: Yeah, I think the science of uh, that has studied forgiveness and reconciliation shows that they're actually independent of each other. They are related. In a small way, but not a uh, joined at the hip type of way, so that I can forgive, but never reconcile with the person. I can reconcile with the person actually but not forgive them. Mm. Uh, this happens in the workplace all the time. You know, people reconcile and they work together after a major hurt. And yet they go home and, you know, they're not forgiving, but they are reconciled. Um, or I can do the two together, mm. uh, you know, I forgive and reconcile. So that the way that they're connected is that forgiveness creates in us a desire to reconcile. But reconciliation is restoring trust after trust has been violated. And that really is only going to happen if both people are at least trying to be trustworthy. If the other person is not trying to be trustworthy, we're not going to reconcile. Uh, At least it would not be wise to reconcile it might even be dangerous to try to reconcile if the person is going to try to hurt me Mm. so there's this desire to reconcile and yet we also have this brain that evaluates our situation and says yeah i know you'd like to get back with this person but you know they've threatened your life or they've threatened your well-being and it's not really a good decision Mm. to make
0: I recently read your book, Moving Forward, uh, which you wrote, I think it was around 10 years ago. And and reading it, I was fascinated about how you had been lecturing and writing about forgiveness and you'd been building some of these these methods, such as reach. And yet it was later that you really had to put these things into practice, as I said in the introduction, in terms of the burglar who murdered your mother and then your brother committing suicide. My question is, Did did you change much in terms of that that book or your thinking or your understanding as a result of those experiences?
1: Well, I uh, had been studying forgiveness, uh, doing research on it for about seven years when my mother was murdered. And uh, <clears throat> uh, I was able to forgive the young man relatively quickly, which was just a gift, I, I, I uh, believe, I often joke and say I had a professor who gave me a B. It took me 10 years and a religious experience to forgive that guy. I'm not some super forgiver, but it just was a gift. It came together. I was able to forgive the young man. But it did kind of throw me up in the air about what was important uh, and uh, made me really reevaluate my life. And that. Experience six months later, I, I had gone to South Africa to be a visiting scholar on behalf of the South African government. And I had, uh, you know, seen a lot of what was going on in South Africa and that on the heels of struggling with, you know, what's, what's my meaning in life here, led me to formulate a um, mission in life to do all I, you know can to promote forgiveness in every willing heart home and homeland so that really profoundly influenced my life because it it really prioritized that i wanted to do what i can to bring peace to other people who had experienced unforgiveness
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um the the, the uh, suicide of my brother came 10 years later and uh, I, I was on my way to Cambridge as a matter of fact uh, when I got word that he had committed suicide and I had a lot of self-condemnation because I didn't feel that I had um, used the knowledge and maturity that I had in order to perhaps guide him in a different way And uh, so I struggled there at Cambridge with, uh, you know, could I forgive myself? And I would love to say that on Wednesday, three days later, I forgave myself. No, not really. It really, I struggled with it for probably two years before I felt like I was fully forgiving of myself.
0: Mm, Powerful Powerful experiences in, that have shaped your life and shaped, uh, I guess, shaped your theory and the way that you you continued your your work after that. Um, th- this is a, a men's group that that we're running here, Ascend Men, and uh, therefore most of the people listening to this will will be guys. And I'm wondering, is is there a particular area where men struggle with forgiveness, uh, either? forgiving others or being forgiven is is a particular thing that uh, a trap that men easily fall into and struggle to get out of
1: well i i think it's uh tempting to just go to the low hanging fruit which is feeling that at times maybe i've misused power that that i have you know whether that's in the workplace and i've been you know, acted maybe like a bully in some way, um, or perhaps that's in in uh, relation to my children, and you know, I feel like I've been very harsh and, uh, with them, or or my, or my wife, or even friends. So, you know, that abuse of power is is uh, one. On the other end, you know, we are all recipients of abuses of power. And, uh and so you know, in the workplace, there are often bosses or peers even who just wish to dominate and uh and that generates in me you know a, a need to uh deal with the unforgiveness that I might feel toward them. so you know power issues I think are, Uh, kind of one class of issues. And, you know, I think these days uh, we live in such a polarized society that it's easy to get wound up over the idiot person who is expressing this political idea. And, you know, and I find myself being critical of them, maybe to somebody else, or maybe being critical of them in my mind and just knowing that I'm really not behaving as I should behave here. And so that can be a a kind of an impetus to consider self-forgiveness if I've done things hopefully I'll try to make those right before I just try to let myself off the hook but um you know I want to responsibly forgive myself um, but but those I think are big issues that we deal with these days.
0: So as, as we start to wrap up I'm, I'm wondering if we close with with maybe one story from you or an example yeah I talked at the beginning in the intro about how your your mission is to see individuals couples organizations even countries find forgiveness and i'm wondering is, is there a story that you've experienced uh, it could be from an individual or a couple or, or whatever level and and however anonymous you want to make that story that that you would that you would show has that shows the impact of forgive forgiveness in people's lives something that would uh, really prove why we need to seek forgiveness
1: i I think that my favorite story, and I, I really have a lot, <laughs> but my favorite story is one that's a public story, um, in that people can go can just Google this and find all the details, but the really the impact on me was personal. I was uh, invited to be a guest on the Lisa Gibbon show um, back, I don't know, 15 years ago, something like that. And uh, so I flew out to Los Angeles to be on the show. And They put me in a a really impossible position. You know, I was supposed to assess two newly wedded couples and make a prediction on the air of how long their marriage was going to last. Oh, my goodness. That sounds stressful. Yeah, it was a little bit uh, stressful. But I knew that they couldn't hold me to this because they're not going to follow this couple for the next 25 years to say, aha, you missed that but i did have uh, just a wonderful experience in doing it because one of the guests on the show was i, I was able to meet and his name was chris carrier and um, chris had been uh, a 10 year old young uh, boy and was abducted um, with this guy driving by and saying, you know, your father sent me to pick you up to take you to a birthday party. Mm. And this man took uh, Chris out into uh, the swamps and uh, and ended up stabbing him in the chest numerous times with a, 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 a an ice pick. And Chris, you know, was surviving this, but was crying and, you know, and said, hmm. you know, why are you doing this? And the guy said, uh, oh, yeah, I shouldn't be doing this. Let me take you home. He took him outside. Chris stepped up on the running board of the pickup truck that the guy was driving. And the man put a gun against his uh, uh, Chris's temple and shot him through the head, the bullet came out the other side of the eye, the uh, through the eye and blinded him in that eye well miraculously chris lived and woke up in the swamps and uh, he made his way to the road somebody picked him up took him to the hospital and um, about 20 years later uh he was working and a deputy sheriff came by and said uh You know, Chris, we have always thought we knew who did this, but we never had any evidence that we could link him definitively. Hmm. He is on his deathbed, this guy, and I'd like to take you out there because if that's him, you know, he doesn't deserve to leave this world without being confronted. Hmm. And so he took Chris out to this uh, older man's uh, house uh, and... The man was dying. He's on his deathbed. He was frail. And Chris, Chris recognizes him right away and says, yeah, this is the guy. And Chris walked over to him and he said, so who's taking care of you? And he was all gruff and he said, well, I'm taking care of myself. Hmm. It was clear he wasn't taking care of himself. He wasn't able to. And so Chris, not only forgave this man for the injuries inflicted on him, but also cared for this man for the last two uh, weeks of the man's life. Mm. That is, in my book, forgiveness in action, Mm. and Chris is really one of my forgiveness heroes. Mm. What it makes me do, just personally, is when I get aggravated because somebody cut me off in traffic, Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to go to Chris and say, "Oh, let's see if Chris can forgive getting shot, losing an eye, getting stabbed in the chest. What is so bad mm. about this getting, caught, you know, cut off in traffic that I can't forgive this?" So, it it really has had, I think, over the years a really accumulative good effect mm. on my character development. To, Chris didn't know he was making a character intervention uh, when he told that story. But, uh, but for me, that's been an important part of my life.
0: What a wonderful, inspiring, heartwarming story to close with, um, to show the hope that can come when we forgive or can be forgiven. So, um, Ev, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we've got a couple of other episodes coming up after this with some stories of, of forgiveness if that starts to raise some questions in our community and I start to get a few people asking those questions, uh, would you come back and do a little bit of a QA and a with us?
1: Um, oh, I'd love to do that. That'd be great. If I can be of help, that's what I'd love to do. Wonderful. And
0: um, Cambridge misses you. Thank you for uh, bringing what you brought to Cambridge all those years ago. And uh, I'm sure a part of you is still here as well. You'd love to come back. So if you can ever find an excuse to come, come back over here. You must let us know and we'll, we'll host you and uh, and maybe have one of our legendary Ascend Men breakfasts for you or something like that. Well, wow, that would be wonderful. Uh, so, Eric, thank you very much for being with us today. God bless you, brother. Yeah, thank you. That's it for this Ascend Men podcast. If you've enjoyed this content, please share it with a mate. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. Together, we are stronger.